Today, Rinpoche gave a very clear explanation of the seven-point cause and effect instruction for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment passed down by Lord Atisha. Uh, so once again, we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's uh, great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. And specifically, we're in the section on training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, when we look at <coughs> Lama Tsongkhapa's uh, actual outline, uh, we see that uh, there are four, uh, I'm sorry, three categories. There are three primary uh, categories. So first uh, category showing how the spirit of enlightenment or bodhicitta is the only entrance into the Mahayana. Uh, so that's the first category. The second category is how to develop that spirit of enlightenment. Uh, and then the third category is how to learn the bodhisattva deeds after one has developed the spirit of enlightenment. So what a bodhisattva does um, after he or she has achieved bodhicitta. Uh, so these are the three major categories. Um, so Rinpoche said, uh, we've gone over the, the importance and the fact that the um, bodhicitta or the spirit of awakening is the only entrance into the Mahayana. So this is that first major heading. Uh, so now we're in that second category, which is how to develop the spirit of enlightenment. And there are four categories under the major heading of how you develop the spirit of enlightenment. Uh, the first category is how the spirit of enlightenment depends on certain causes uh, for its arisal. So um, the fact that it is a result, there are causes that um, make it arise. The second category is the stages of training. Uh, in bodhicitta or in the spirit of enlightenment. Uh, so the stages or the uh, staircase one needs to traverse in order to achieve bodhicitta. Uh, the third category is the measure um, of producing the spirit of enlightenment or the qualification, uh, you could say also, but really it's literally the measure. Um, and the fourth category is how to uh, adopt uh, the spirit of enlightenment through its ritual. Um, so, uh, those are the four categories. And Nipa. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> The Rimbo? Okay, Rimbo. Okay. Two-chainer. Uh, okay. Less so. Uh, so. Less so. Uh, 
Um, so, uh, we're, uh, so we're going to um, go past the first category because we've already gone over it extensively, that how the spirit of enlightenment or how bodhicitta depends on certain causes. Uh, so now we're going to go to that second category, which is called the stages of training in the spirit of enlightenment, or the stages of training in bodhicitta. Uh, so there are two categories under that major heading, which is the stages. So the first category is the training based on the seven-point uh, personal instructions in the lineage descended from the great elder. Uh, so that's a seven-point cause and effect for realizing bodhicitta passed down from Lord Atisha. And then the second category is the training based on the teachings uh, of the conqueror's child, uh, Shanti Deva, or, or uh, the Bodhisattva Shanti Deva. Uh, and those uh, teachings are the equalizing and exchanging self with others practices. Uh, so these are the two lineages of instruction, uh, or uh, two lineages of instruction of stages, if you will. Um, of how uh, one achieves the spirit of awakening or the mind that aspires to enlightenment. If everyone uh, has a prayer book, if you turn to Lord Atisha's um, Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment and you look at stanza number 11, Remember, she said, as long as it's the same, uh, it's Tibetan uh, stanza number um, 11. Okay, so uh, then, since you want to free these beings from the suffering of pain, from the suffering and the causes of suffering, arouse immutably the resolve to attain enlightenment. Uh, so here, uh, this is where we find um, uh, Atisha's reference to the seven-point cause and effect um, implicitly understood within stanza number 11. So it stands at 11 that we rely upon for uh, this implicit um, or this understanding of the seven point cause and effect. Uh, then uh, we also find uh, in Shanti Deva's um, Bodhicara Avatara, um, uh, we find that uh, I found it last time. It's basically the 
striving to Jepa, Jepa, Norman Jepa, Jepa Lapson. Okay, I'm under the gun. I can't find it. I should have marked it. First, we see exchanging self and others. First. I'll find it. it. It makes the reference to the exchange of uh, self and others. It's in chapter 8 on meditation. Okay, first of all, I should make an effort to meditate upon the equality between self and others. Uh, so that's stanza number 90 in cha- uh, chapter 8 of Shanti Deva's Bodhichara Avatara. Okay, Shiloka Guchu. Understand. Meditate on the great kindness of all. Understand. Um, find that this is the sole thing to blame. Meditate upon the great kindness of all. Or find that this is the sole thing to blame. Meditate upon the great kindness of all. And this is referring to uh, the uh, equalizing and exchanging self uh, with uh, others. Banish the, the sole thing to blame. Uh, um, meditate on the great kindness of all. Um, so this is referring to uh, equalizing and exchanging self with others. That's Nears, <laughs> 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 So we have the training based on the seven-point uh, cause and effect personal instruction and the lineage descended from Lord Atisha. Uh, so under that major heading, there are two categories. First, developing certainty about the order of those stages. And then the second category is the gradual training. Uh, so under the first category, sh- um, 
showing uh, certainty about the order of the stages, then there are two uh, more headings, showing that the root of the Mahayana path is compassion, uh, and then second, how the six other personal instructions are either causes or effects of compassion. Um, so then, uh, under the first category, you know, we're, we're going through an outline, so anyone who's writing it is just following a major outline, and it's in the text. Um, so showing that the root of the Mahayana path is compassion. So here is where we find those three categories is showing how compassion or great compassion is important in the beginning, in the middle, uh, and the end. Um, so uh, um, going back to uh, finding that it is the root of compassion is uh, the root of the Mahayana path and, and why it's important in the beginning, middle, and end. Uh, we find references uh, to support this conclusion. Uh, so in the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara by Lord Maitreya, uh, we find the, uh, so that's the ornament for the Mahayana Sutras, uh, we find uh, the quote that states, its root uh, is um, great compassion. Uh, so its here um, is referring to uh, the Mahayana or the great vehicle. So its root, its um, yeah, its root, that's the best way to translate it, is great compassion. And then in um, uh, the medium stages of uh, meditation by Master uh, Kamalashila, uh, in the beginning um, of this, uh, of the text, uh, we find a, a, a quote, uh, that says, the gnosis of omniscience arises on the basis of compassion from the cause of the mind of awakening, uh, or from the cause of bodhicitta and from the fulfillment of method. Uh, so we see this right in the beginning of Kamalashila's medium stages of meditation, where this uh, Mahayana being the root of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, compassion being the root of the Mahayana being uh, stressed uh, here. Digson from Chek. Yes, Okay. Okay. Uh, so we find uh, the um, compassion being important in the beginning. Uh, and in Jayan Sheva's commentary, uh, we've gone over this. So we uh, found that there were four categories that supported that, uh, four points. Um, and then the next, uh, compassion being important in the middle, uh, Jayan Sheva's text or commentary, there were five categories to express that. Uh, and then the last category, uh, the importance in the end, um, Jayan Sheba shows two major headings uh, of which there are subcategories. So the first major heading, which is the actual, it's, um, it's, best, it's just actual, um, there are seven categories. Um, and then uh, the uh, second category um, is one 
needs to be careful with his or her bodhicitta, with his or her compassion. Uh, so uh, this is what we're going to go over today. Uh, the actual, uh, so the, it, the category major heading is um, uh, the importance of compassion at the end. Uh, and again, there are two major headings according to Jayan Sheba. And then of the first, there, which is called actual, that's the name of it, there are seven. And then the second, one needs to be careful of his or her bodhicitta and compassion. There are two categories. Okay. That- ラジネタバシワテオクスルインチャンガテンフドラムシェイソンデロンガレラジネタバシャジルエダテレデロンガレアチョンデロンジネタバロンタイエバタンジェベドバスタラジネタバシャジュセンデニチムトゥクンガロ
pronouncements of Lord Buddha in the authentic Indian commentaries. And once you've united these studies of analysis and looking at the text, looking at the pronouncements that have been made, um, and become convinced about this great compassion, at that point, why wouldn't you hold compassion to be the supreme teaching after you've really analyzed its importance and, and read about it? You would, you would come to that conclusion. Um, so that's number one of three. Okay, Digsung. ちょっと待ってくれ。あれ。シャンバ、マジで、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ち
was embarrassed for him and said, you received the great elders, great elders' ultimate instruction. Geshe Drontompa understood the core of the teaching. Um, so here uh, it says the teacher, Shana uh, Chung, uh, so this is a, a teacher from East Lhasa. Uh, so with that, Shana Chung, uh, that's what that means. Um, so it's uh, Eastern Lhasa. Uh, and he's quoted as saying, um, um, saying to uh, Drone Tompa um, uh, uh, this about Lord Atisha. Uh, and when we look at the at Tibetan, uh, Drone Tompa uh, isn't, it's not, clear unless you really know the texts that it's being, they're speaking of Geshe Dron Tompa, because it doesn't say as it does in the English, Geshe Dron Tompa, it just says Tompa, Tompa. So you'd have to know <coughs> that it was referring to that. Um, so you would require a teacher. Um, so that English has just tra almost put a teaching in there as opposed to making it uh, as kind of secretive as it is in the Tibetan. So I always point that out. Um, because sometimes a teacher explains a part of the Tibetan text and we see it in the English and we're, un why is he explaining this? It doesn't make sense, but it's almost as if the translator took it up, uh, up upon themselves to add in the explanations so that we know who it's referring to instead of writing some, you know, they would have to write just a couple of letters and, you, the, and how would we do that in English to code it? Um, so that's a, that's a question in translation, because these texts are all very coded for a reason of needing a teacher. Um, uh, and the English, we haven't figured out how to code them in, a, in that way, because we like to just read it and understand it. We don't like not being able to read something. And if you literally translate these texts, they would read the way they're supposed to in English, but no one would read them, because they're not written in a way that is, we would normally speak. Uh, they're written in a very coded, shortened, uh, scholastic manner, not in a, in a very edible fashion uh, like we, we see written in any of these texts or translated. Um, so that's just a note, in my opinion. Um, so, um, so it says that he says to um, Geshe Drone Tompa uh, that every time he asked uh, Lord Atisha, foreign instruction, he always just says, renounce the world, cultivate bodhicitta, or cultivate the spirit of enlightenment. Um, so uh, Geshe Dron Tompa was embarrassed for him because he realized that, that that's the essence of what the Lord Buddha taught. So it, he said, uh, uh, you received the great elder's ultimate instruction and, and said to him like, uh, that you're complaining that he's given you this very short instruction, but this is the ultimate instruction that he has to give. And he's given it to you. Uh, and it says, Geshe Gron Tompa understood the core of the teaching. Uh, so this is uh, number two. Okay, dig some Less 
Sajatuba, 
the Becha the Yomare, the Lamrim Chamo. Then the Wangu, Nudijen, Wandu, the Becha Mambo logo, the Dunda? They don't Okay. Um, so number three, uh, this conviction is very difficult to achieve. So you must seek a stable and certain knowledge by repeatedly clearing away sins, accumulating merit, and reading scriptures, uh, such as the array of stock sutra and commentaries. Uh, so um, <clears throat> this is all going to be in three, but I'm just going to stop there. Um, so there are, are, it is said that there are two types of beings and, and this case, two types of bodhisattvas. There are bodhisattvas of sharp capacity and bodhisattvas of dull capacity. So it's said that uh, bodhisattvas of sharp capacity are able just to read the Abhisama Alamkara uh, in order to um, achieve the spirit of awakening, in order to understand the, the five paths, the path of uh, we, uh, we find in the um, Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, the mantra, teata, om, gate, gate, paragate, parasangate, bodhisoha, that's referring to implicitly those five paths of Mahayana, the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. Uh, so uh, according to scripture, um, uh, if, it is an understand, if one is an understander of the Abhisama Alamkara, he or she is necessarily of sharp capacity. So if one, you can just use that text. Uh, a knower of that text requires a being of sharp, sharp capacity. For others, it's necessary to seek a stable and certain knowledge by repeatedly clearing away sins, accumulating merit, and reading scriptures. So uh, constantly... Uh, working on accumulating merit, constantly um, confessing one's downfalls, um, purifying one's deeds, uh, constantly reading text, reading the conjure, reading the tanjur, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, the authentic Indian commentary. So here's a, uh, um, an example of a text, the array of, of stock sutra and the commentaries. So here we find the explanations of the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, path of meditation, and the path of no more learning. The Teata Om Gati Gati Paragati Parasangati Bodhisoha in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. And those five paths explained in the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge are all explained in this, uh, these texts. And then it says the glorious uh, Matra Chetas uh, praise in 150 verses says, so uh, Arya Shura, um, the, the great conqueror says, um, Only you, O hero Buddha, uh, know your precious spirit, the seed of perfect enlightenment to be the quintessence. No one else can reach this certainty. Uh, again, in the text, it just, it's parentheses there, but it just says, O you hero. 
Um, so a teacher then would explain that that's referring to Buddha, um, but the translators have put it there. Um, so only you, O hero Buddha, know your precious spirit. Uh, so this uh, spirit of enlightenment, the seed of perfect enlightenment uh, uh, to be the quintessent, no one else can reach this certainty. Um, so when we look at um, the, import, the compassion, we see that it's important at the beginning, the middle, uh, and the end. And it states that um, compassion is like a seed um, uh, that grows. Um, so it's compared uh, to a seed in the um, Chandrakirti's entrance to the middle way, uh, where we see that um, it's the stressing of its importance in those three times and how it is like a seed that, that grows. Um, and uh, so it says, the seed of perfect enlightenment to be the quintessence, to be the essence, to be the main point. Uh, no one else can reach this certainty. Uh, so here this is a um, homage to Lord Buddha um, for the understanding of compassion and the certainty about it. Certainty about it. So then we arrive at um, the, the point that uh, things are either a causes of great compassion or results of great compassion. So recognizing all sentient beings are our mothers, remembering their kindness, wishing to repay their kindness and love through the force of attraction. These are causes of great compassion. And then the wholehearted resolve or extraordinary attitude and bodhicitta or the mind that aspires to enlightenment are results of great compassion. So that's why we state that all of these things are either causes of great compassion or results of great compassion. Dixon,嗯。那我的捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴捏巴
Okay. Okay. okay, so there's good, I'm just, what I'm asking Rinpoche is if the six sections are for the first or the second point, because uh, I'll explain. Uh, so the Lamrim Chemo, under this major section, how the six other personal instructions are either causes or effects of compassion, uh, it says, the explanation of how the six other personal instructions are either causes or effects of compassion has two parts. First, how the first four personal instructions, recognition of all living beings as your mothers, through the development of love, uh, through the force of attraction, acts as causes of compassion. And then second, how the wholehearted resolve and the spirit of enlightenment are effects of compassion. Uh, so this whole section, uh, I think there's six categories. There are six categories. Okay. ตอนบ่ซะเจดงเงตันเตนเตซอนชินเนเซเจนตีดงเงยายอนซอนนาเจเมจอนสลุเตจิลาวาตอนชูทราบาตอนเตนบะเจวาลานเนฮวนตูเ
gone yong shambat kechebudes yong shambat majina ani shambat yong mares shishambu yong mares onde isade yong shambat shishambu jundu tu to onderes yong shambat me shijan tajele me bi dwata tena chimaro tena chimaro nya bi shambat shichebu mena ani shijan taje dunga tena nya bi shishambu yong mares shambat shichebu yoba ina Anjin-shambat-jay-ung-re-es-wat-sung-de-sa-de-lu-de-jil-ha-wa-de-shu-tra-ba-tang-tem-ba-jay-wa-la-ne-hwan-to-si-jian-te-yit-ung-shin-j
and have the causes of happiness. So this is love, uh, um, that all sentient beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. Um, so uh, this is what we need to arrive at, and this is a stable um, state of equanimity, where we have the same desire and the same um, wishes for everyone, whether they are our friends, whether they are our enemies, or they are our neutrals. Um, so this is what uh, this is referring to. Um, it's easy to develop just a simple desire to free your friends from suffering. But when we speak of enemies or someone who's neutral to us, um, uh, this becomes different. Um, uh, so we want to develop a, a state of equanimity uh, um, where uh, there's an equal reaction towards these three uh, types of beings. And it says... Uh, um, to develop you, and, and it says, in order for this attitude of, of caring for others just to arise very easily and, and for it to be stable, you have to um, familiarize yourself with it over and over and over again um, so that it can be strong, so that it can be firm. Um, and it says, for, you must first cherish these beings and have affection for them. Um, so, uh, that's why we say love through the force of attraction, love through the force of affection. Um, so it's not the uh, uh, attraction, like being attracted to someone in the, like this physical sense. It's um, 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 being uh, uh, attracted in the sense of um, having affection for them. Um, um, uh, you want them to have happiness because you have affection for them. And, and uh, this is what love through the force of affection refers to. And that's whenever the, they have the full translation of that step um, in the seven-point cause and effect, it, it says love through the force of attraction or through the force of affection. It doesn't just say love. And compassion always says great compassion. Um, uh, so we'll take a short break and uh, we'll be right back. Go ahead, let's start, Rimche said. What that you name I did so now to Tanga down Lelabudo, the Jinton, what they sell courage and So the seven point cause and effect instruction is very good because uh, there are seven things that we can just think about over and over again. Rimche says courage up, which means to circle it. Uh, so just to go through those seven from the beginning to the end, in the beginning to the end, of the beginning to the end, to the beginning to the end, um, and really familiarize it, yourself with it. And it becomes easy to understand by doing so. Okay. And if you think about this, uh, slowly your mind will understand it very well. The Ewa Dru Nipa Lepson, Dura Tambotsar, Danyom, Tamsaro, Pamigewa Som Tsar, Nea Nipa Nipa Sombarbe. What a neighbor or neighbor? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the first point that's going to be made here is that um, the, when we look at friends, enemies, and neutrals, uh, the reason that we have this feeling towards our friends is because we're attracted to them. Um, we have affection for them. Um, so this is the reason why um, this uh, then makes us want them not to suffer um, because we have this affection. So uh, this is uh, category number two is going to begin. Page 31, very bottom, that last stanza. You have the first. Um, so, okay, then the Injike Lomasong, the Dunda Lasong. Lesso. <laughs> Tella she chungla, she to jena, dunga tamaya, mazuba chamber jawa, ha you sauce. That jeba chunga, you don't want, you don't want chungon tin chamber. The jebas, you don't want lagora, jeba chunga, chungota, jeba chungata, dinla, you don't want chungota, dinla, mazuba she chungla, sir. She said, you don't want. Chamberton, Chuchunjil <laughs> 
Okay, the barmaid then in Tsar. Yeah. Okay, uh, so number two. You have the first attitude because you are fond of your friends. Commensurate with your cherishing of them, you cannot bear for them to suffer. When you cherish friends to a small or medium degree, you are only able to bear this suffering slightly. Uh, when you cherish friends a great deal, you cannot, uh, clearly cannot bear for them to suffer at all, even if they suffer just a little. Um, so here it's uh, because you have affection for your friends. Um, uh, it's all, we translate this word that's used here a lot of ways, the desirous affection. Um, uh, uh, what is, I'm sorry, uh, affection or um, uh, fondness here, and then it's translated as something else up here. But anyway, we have this affection for our friends, and it says, uh, commensurate with your cherishing of them, you cannot bear for them to suffer. Um, so because of this um, attitude, uh, and because we find them attractive to us, because we find uh, them to be something desirous, 
uh, versus something we don't like, which is undesirous. Um, so, um, so we have um, this um, reaction uh, because we see this person that uh, is our friend uh, as attractive to us. We're attracted to them in some way. Um, and again, this isn't a boy-girl or girl-girl or boy-boy attraction. This is a uh, attraction in the sense of being like a magnet is attracted to, like, like that kind of attraction. A magnet is attracted to metal. Um, so, um, so that's why affection, love through the force of affection, is a tougher word to use, and I use attraction because it's like the uh, magnet to a metal, this love um, you're attracted to this person, so you, that love emerges. Um, uh, so, uh, so in, in number two here, uh, once you, when you have this uh, real um, uh, attachment to them and real cherishing for certain friends, you can't deal with them having any type of suffering whatsoever. If you have like a small or a medium type of attraction, you might be able to deal with a little bit of suffering. Um, but not if you have this complete affection for the person. Then you can't bear to see them suffer at all. But then when our enemies, the exact opposite is true. Because we see them as not desirous, because we see them as unattractive to us, we then react the exact opposite way. When you see enemies suffer, not only do you not develop a desire to free them from it, but you also think, may they not be free from suffering and suffer even more. This is due to your lack of affection for them. Your lack of affection for enemies is commensurate with your, feel, with your pleasure at their suffering. So if you had affection for your enemies, you wouldn't have pleasure in their suffering. Uh, if you were attracted, uh, if you saw your enemies as something attractive, uh, they would no longer be your enemies, and they would, there would no longer... Um, be this idea that you wish they have suffering um, because you you wouldn't anyone you are fond of you know, I see why you use different words that mean similar things um, but um, anyone you're fond of you don't want them to have that experience so if you were fond of an enemy you wouldn't want them to have the experience of suffering uh, or even feel great when they suffer even more um, so uh, th this is the uh, our reaction to f beings we find to be our enemies. And then towards neutral beings, we just disregard them altogether like they don't exist. And it says, being neither, uh, uh, being neither unable to bear nor pleased with the sufferings of persons towards whom you have neutral feelings as results from your having neither affection nor a lack of affection for them. So you don't see them as attractive or unattractive you don't see them as desirous or undesirous. Uh, they're just basically um, uh, not there uh, in your to you in your reactions to your reactions. Uh, so this is why we say neutral um, uh, results from neither affection nor lack of affection for them. Uh, okay, Digson, that's Desire. number two. That's 
Okay, so uh, these six points that are being made here um, is the, uh, a presentation that was given by Lord Buddha. Um, so the points that are made here, Lord Buddha um, made. And Lord Buddha stated that this sentient being, so just referring to any sentient being, um, actually I have to turn it around because it's in Tibetan. So there is no, uh, there is no place or birth uh, that this being has not uh, um, gone or achieved. Um, so uh, the meaning, therefore, all sentient beings are our mothers. Um, so we have beginningless lives. All sentient beings have beginningless lives. Uh, the Buddha stated that he, there is no place or um, um, Basically, the meaning of the quote is that there's no role, uh, be it in any of the six realms, uh, any role in any among the six realms, uh, 
there is no role that this sentient being hasn't been in. Um, so I know I just translated it, but that's the meaning of the sutra. Rinpoche quoted a sutra, so that's the meaning of it. He's saying that there is no role this sentient being um, hasn't been in in all of the different realms. Uh, so uh, if this being has been in every role, um, we have beginningless lives, they have beginningless lives, all sentient beings have beginningless lives. Uh, uh, we can then establish all sentient beings are <coughs> because it's, This is the very important first point that we have to come, come to in order to uh, meditate on this and in order to go through <coughs> the rest of these stages. So we, we posit this beginningless um, rebirth uh, the way that w when we look at that example <coughs> last time of the mango tree, um, where did that mango tree come from? A previous mango tree from a previous mango tree, and we don't find a non-mango tree beginning. We don't. We find we just have to assert this beginningless um, mango tree. Um, uh, so, uh, so likewise. The, the I, we have beginningless lives. All sentient beings have beginningless lives, like that example of the, the mango tree. And there is no role that all sentient beings haven't been in. Therefore, all sentient beings have, are our mothers because at some point in time or another, within this beginningless lives uh, continuum, uh, they um, have been. Therefore, since it's the same continuum of this I, they are my mothers. Dixon Rimche. Oggi that no the Sumba. I'm not the Larigem with Shedak Taj would do a Larigem with that German Jagote. Can you tend to someone was umone? Then do you have to be the can you tend to be to you are there? And then I should be shame as a table with the one. Tito and Dagolo, Larigem do something with the so Lama Tsongkhapa has uh, um, done such an amazing thing here. Uh, he has taken all of these texts, the, the Kangjur, uh, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and the Tanjur, the authentic Indian commentaries we have here in Tibetan, and he has put the meaning of them all into this text. So this text, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, is such an important text because of that. And we don't have, uh, um, in English, the Kanjur and Tanjur. These are in Tibetan. But we do have, in English, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Um, and it would be very difficult for anyone, language barrier or not, to understand the points made in the, the direct sutras, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, or those authentic Indian commentaries. Um, so Lama Tsongkhapa, um, um, explaining them in this way, is, is so important um, and, and um, it's, it's a, uh, like affects us. It's um, so important and really allows us to understand it, affects us in a, in a very profound way. Dig Sungram Chik.
Larinka Malanza had to Malano so in the um, so this the Lam Rim uh, texts were written uh, by Lama Tsongkhapa in, in a cave. And Lama Tsongkhapa would make offerings um, when he was writing the Lam Rim to a local deity. He would make offerings of milk and make offerings of yogurt uh, to the local deity. And he asked this deity um, to please uh, um, uh, uh, he had, I, I'm, I'm having the Lama Tsongkhapa, the local deity Gechishe, the Molan Jarolang, local deity Lama Tsongkhapa La Gechishe. Okay, so uh, the, the local deity asked Lama Tsongkhapa to please make an aspirational prayer. Okay, I understand now. Uh, I, the conversational Tibetan I have trouble with sometimes, as many of you know. Um, so the local deity. Um, ask Lama Tsongkhapa to make an aspirational prayer for him. Um, uh, and Lama, that's why in the Lam Rim dedication we see uh, to humans and non-humans, may all humans and non-humans, uh, this is referring to spirits or local deities, uh, and that is in reference uh, in that dedication section um, to um, this local deity who asked for the aspirational prayer. Um, so this local deity kind of looked after Lama Tsongkhapa while he was in the cave writing the Lam Rim. Um, so Lama Tsongkhapa made offerings. The local deity asked Lama Tsongkhapa to please make an aspirational prayer for him. And then Lama Tsongkhapa inserted in the Lam Rim dedication. Um, and Rinpoche just said to all humans and non, may all humans and non-humans uh, achieve uh, happiness. I can the Lamrim Chemo Nangla, the Kabari Kabiore. Larim Mulan, or Tenet in the village. Larim Mulan, the Guru Puja Chikshin. Guru Puja Nolly Tali. So we have, you can find it in the Guru Puja probably. Okay, dig some Rimache. Oh, yeah. Do you have one? Guru Tadure. What that the name? Okay, so now number three, consequently, in order to have affection for beings, cultivate the view uh, they are close to you like friends or relatives. Since your mother is the closest person to you, cultivate a recognition that all beings are as your mother, of all beings as your mothers. Also recollect their kindness as your mothers and develop the wish to repay their kindness. These three steps are how you learn to cherish and have affection for living beings. The result of these three steps is a love that considers living beings to be beloved, just as a mother considers her only child. This love gives rise to um, compassion. So, 
This is what is meant, love through the force of attraction, love through the force of affection, because we recognize sentient beings as our mothers, and then through these processes just explained, and we remember the kindness they've shown, uh, and then we want to repay their kindness. And this then causes that affection, that, um, or attraction, uh, that then produces the love. Um, so this is how the cause and effect relationship here works. Um, and beginning with recognition that all sentient beings are our mothers, uh, and then it says recollecting their kindness uh, and then wishing to repay, repay their kindness. And then through this process of familiarization with these steps, you then generate this affection that's so strong, an adoration that's so strong, it's like a mother has for a child. Okay, Digson Rimbache. Tajiba then water Sugdojiba. Jiba, Shan Hijit on La, Judy Mangapanis, Shambatan Hijit on the Judon Ribbing about your mother's Shamba Chambutan, Hijit Chambu Judy Matuji, Shambatan Hijit on La, Judy about your mother's. And then they were done to ribe Okay, and then Sash? Yeah. Okay, so that uh, was number three, the last stanza read. Now number four, the, uh, the causal relationship between compassion and that the love is the wish for beings to have happiness uh, is not definite. Minang uh, wo. Okay, so that's it for number four. Um, only that one, uh, I'll reread it. Um, I keep getting lost. This, let me see if this love gives rise to compassion. Yeah, that line belongs in number four. Um, I believe I read it um, because it was in the stanza, um, just to finish it. But that line belongs in number four. This love gives rise to compassion. The causal relationship between compassion and that love that is the wish for beings to have happiness is not definite. So number five is these three objectives. Okay. Dixon. <laughs> ま、しんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじんじ
Okay. Uh, so number five, these three objectives, recognizing all beings as your mothers, recollecting their kindness, and wishing to repay this kindness are the basis. So here we're going to get into uh, things are either a cause or a result of lo um, love through the force of attraction as well. Uh, we have uh, recognizing sentient beings are our mothers, love uh, I'm sorry, remembering their kindness and wishing to repay their kindness being the cause of love through the force of attraction and the result being great compassion, the wholehearted resolve and the spirit of awakening or a mind that aspires to enlightenment, bodhicitta. Um, so um, we can say that they're either causes or results of love um, also, um, but uh, here the point is that love will give rise to that compassion. Uh, which is really the, the root. Um, so, uh, the wish for beings to have happiness is not definite. Okay, so, these three objectives, recognizing all beings as your mothers, recollecting their kindness, and wishing to repay this kindness, are the basis for the love that wishes beings to have happiness and the compassion that wishes them to be free from suffering. So, you must make an effort to cultivate these three. Uh, that's number five. Digsum. Oh, Tijensa Do what about the Trubadre, that Truba? 
Uh, so number six, the masters Chandrakirti, Chandragroman, and Kamala Shila explain that cultivating the view that living beings are your friends or relatives is the cause of developing the spirit of enlightenment. Uh, so um, the view that living beings are your friends, so that you have this same affection, this same adoration. So it's cultivating this <coughs> translation's okay, just that it's it's not this literal, you know, meditation. It's this relationship with them you have, friends and relatives, um, cultivating that towards um, all beings. Okay, number that's six. So then, uh, uh, when we look at the definition for uh, great vehicle, uh, Mahayana bodhicitta, or the Mahayana mind generation, it's a consciousness which is the entrance to the great vehicle, arisen in association with a wish that aims at the perfect enlightenment for the sake of others. Um, so this is the, the definition of the mind uh, that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, it says, so um, cultivating this view is the cause of developing the spirit of enlightenment. Um, so it, it's for the sake of others. Um, so that's why you need to cultivate this adoration where you see them as friends or relatives because then you're becoming enlightened for the sake of, of all. Okay, Dixon Rameshev. Less so. Sanjit Tell me, 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 tell me
Okay, so here we find uh, the Natsu Karma Juyure. Here we find a question and answer uh, section. And, and here this is how the wholehearted resolve and the spirit of enlightenment are effects of compassion. Um, so we found how all those things are causes of compassion. And now it shows how they are effects of compassion. And there's a question here. Why is it necessary for this extra step of, of this uh, wholehearted resolve, or this extraordinary attitude that's in between great compassion and bodhicitta? So what, why is there a need for this extra step? So this is the question that's kind of being presented here. Um, and uh, so it says, Quam, once you develop compassion through a gradual training of the mind, you generate the desire to attain Buddhahood for the sake of all living beings. This should be enough. Why is it necessary to have the step of developing wholehearted resolve in between developing compassion and generating the spirit of enlightenment? And then it uh, goes on to speak about um, that the hearers and solitary realizers have immeasurable compassion, but they don't have great compassion. So there's a difference uh, between the two. Um, so it says, although nge inji ke lo, digson in the lenjap, 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 the shinjin dawadam, shinjin dawad, dawadam trebata, the gento trena, shambi shambata, nijin semen, eh, nyetutan ransajila, you are, you jang, shinjin tanchi, dawadrubata, the gento ran kutujibane, So the reply, although Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas have the immeasurable love and compassion whereby they think if only beings could have happiness <coughs> and be free from suffering, these non-Mahayana followers do not think, I will take on the responsibility to remove the suffering and provide the happiness of all living beings. Therefore, you must develop wholehearted resolve that surpasses all other courageous um, thoughts. So they have immeasurable but not great uh, compassion in the, the tenger, uh, we find uh, this statement made that uh, yes, there is this uh, compassion. Uh, pres that yes, the Hinayana practitioners have uh, compassion, just not a level of great compassion. And um, so we find these uh, points uh, made and the difference being made between immeasurable and great. Uh, so the difference between these two. Um, what that is, Janamare? 
So, yeah, it's not Badig, so I'm going to try yeah. something. Okay, so that'll be it for today. Uh, I just want to make sure I got everything. And uh, thank you all for coming, and we'll do the concluding model offering and dedication prayer. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors to traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avukateshvara, Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. <laughs>